Welcome to Continued Conversations, where we explore hot topics in rehabilitation, the keys to personal growth, and how to apply it all to the real world. Hey, welcome back to Continued Conversations. I'm Brad Dexter. I've got Tim Banach in studio and Steve Kirschke as well. And uh, with our new season, we are starting off with a new question. And so we we love talking about um, doing what makes sense, doing what makes sense. Steve, do you want to elaborate on that a little bit more for me? Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the reasons we we talk about that a lot is that we're just fortunate to work for an organization uh, in terms of the rehab that we provide. But I also think in terms of the, the culture that we just try to live and some of the, the values that we uh, have as part of our organization where um, we just try not to make things too complicated. And, uh, you know, you walk around QLI and, um, you know, listen in on some of our meetings. I'm just really proud of the fact that that we often say things like, well, what makes sense in this scenario? Or um, how would, you know, the simplest solution uh, play out in this scenario rather than making decisions around, um, you know, funding and, uh, other aspects that maybe lead us to decisions that, that aren't that that great. So, uh, you know, we've been kicking around this whole idea of uh, maybe more um, funny or trivial aspects of our life that may or may not make sense. And, you know, one of the ones that I that I think fits in with our topic today around um, just digital habits and digital clutter is whether or not a junk drawer makes sense. And I would love to to hear arguments for or against uh, a junk drawer making sense in our lives. Who's going first? You know, I'll jump in here. Um, as someone who has grown up my entire life and has now implemented a junk drawer into my own home, um, I think they make sense, right? Uh, from a only if there's like a a visit to that drawer every six months where it gets cleaned out, because there has been some times where you know, you get in there and you realize that it hasn't been touched. And I mean, it's been added to for 18 months, but you haven't actually taken anything out of it. Um, and then you can never find anything. But I mean, where else do you keep your scissors, your half used batteries? Tim, <laughs> I think there's one key word that you said, and you said implement. So like you actively <laughs> implemented a junk drawer. <laughs> about a junk drawer and perhaps even where it should be. Oh, yeah. Right. So, right so you implemented it. Right? Where, whereas in my household... I don't think we implemented a junk drawer. I think it just happened. <laughs> and yes, we have a place for our scissors and our stapler and pencils that we need easy access. But uh, I would say our junk drawer just happened. There was no thought put into where it was or that it had. Well, I mean, I think it's it's around a habit of like it's it's in our kitchen. It's on oh, our island. Okay. On the island. It's in our kitchen on our island and it's around a drawer that we always stand in front of. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there's a. There's an easy access component. So in that sense, I think it makes sense because it's very easy access to the scissors and the pens, but there's also easy access to random batteries that may or may not have any power left. That's right. Perhaps uh, some old toys from McDonald's that did not make it to the wastebasket. So there's really great access sometimes to things that don't make sense. Brad, I'm curious what you have I, to say about this. Well, I have I have several thoughts. You know, I, I feel like you know junk drawer is maybe getting a bad rap, and we should we should call it the miscellaneous items drawer or something like that. You know, uh, I'm just joking, guys. Um, so I I feel like you know a couple of things can happen. You like you move from one house to another, 
and like you find a place for most of your stuff and then you have all these items that you didn't really know what to do with and so you just like shove them in a drawer and you don't address them for another like three yeah, exactly. four five plus years or it just keeps growing right um i i'm of the mindset that like hey everything has to have a place in my house and uh, that's mostly so that i know where things are at right most of those places make sense but when we asked this question i was like i don't know that i actually have a junk drawer i might have several junk spaces in my house which i think you need to have a drunk drawer then right you need to have a spot where all those things collect <laughs> one spot that makes sense because steve i'm just like you ours is in our island right above the trash cans right it's all the spots it's the spot you go to for the scissors when you need to cut open a package or a piece of mail whatever comes in so it sounds like I need a junk drawer. You need a junk drawer. Well, the yeah, the argument would be like if it, a junk drawer. Yeah, you need to implement. Yeah, like right. When I envision your house, Brad, I just envision you have a bunch of junk laying around, yeah, open yeah. for everyone to see. Well, Whereas we at least have a drawer that is not, uh, you know, that's not out in the open. We just at least hide our junk. Now you can't usually open or close the drawer. That's true. Yes. Uh, you know, unless you do clean it out, but that might be an argument, Brad, for implementing the junk drawer I in have, your home. I have, I have a junk shelf, you know, in my closet. I think I do, um, as we're processing, we have a, um, we have a, a junk dresser. Oh, the whole thing. Wow. Multiple drawers. <laughs> it, no, it, it has like, here's what happens. It has like on deck games that we're going to play. Uh, but, but then the games that like get stacked up somewhere. And then sure. instead of actually going back to the spot that they're supposed to be in, they get shoved into those drawers. Yeah. But then other just like random crap gets thrown in there too. Like, Can life. we talk though? Can we talk to how good you feel when you actually clean it out? Oh, it's, I mean, phenomenal. like, I mean, it's great for like four days. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Right. Like you're, you, every time you open the drawer, you're like, Oh, I'm so glad I cleaned this out. And then like one week later, you're back in the same spot. Yep. No, For I... those of you who have junk drawers, maybe that doesn't happen on a shelf. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like I have a little bit of work to do it does, to catch so. up with you. Guys. Yes. Yeah. We were uh, apparently I'm all for the junk drawer. I'm too. It makes sense. It makes sense. Me. Makes sense to me. Yep. Um, <laughs> great segue though, into this topic of digital clutter, right? What I mean, preface we by no means are we like it experts or or people that have you know this perfect solution for managing digital clutter and to clarify what we mean by digital clutter is like it's all of i mean it's like how do you organize files on your devices or on your on your computer um it's not what habits do you have to to manage all of the clutter um or distraction like or informational clutter right yep. yeah yeah it's it's not that though that it could lead into a conversation about that right so i mean we're talking about a junk drawer and the way that like we're saying that we have all of these like places in our house where things belong uh, but there's like this one spot that has a bunch of junk in our house right so if you guys question for you if you think about your computer or your phone how many tabs do you have open in your internet browser right now how many files do you have saved to your desktop that you have no idea what they are? Yep. What is what is the little number on your email app on your phone? Do you do you have like organized files on your phone or are they all just like individual apps scattered all over the place, right? Before we answer, will our uh, uh, chief technology officer 
or anyone on his team be listening to this? We'll hide this podcast from them. Yeah, we'll make sure it's okay. It's, so it's, we can be actually honest about all honest. this. Yeah, <laughs> we will hide this from them. No, I, I, you know, I think I want to dive into the number one thing, which I think I would imagine just based on experience when you know your your parents hand you their phone because it's slow, or your grandparents hand you their phone because it's slow, or you look at someone else's phone, they hand you it, and you go like you know, to scroll on a browser and there's 47 tabs open on a Chrome browser and everyone wonders why their phone is so slow, right? Um, I think it comes down to, um, Brad, I, I think I mentioned this to you earlier. It's like, there's always that one thing that you don't want to forget about, right? Like you're reading an article, you want to make sure you share that, or it's a DIY project and you have this, you want to make this next summer or something, whatever it may be. Yeah. So you leave it open and then you just start a new browser. And next thing you know, you look at it and there's 147 tabs open. And every time I open Chrome, I'm wondering why does it take so long to load or why does it, what are those things, right? And it's frustrating. Um, instead of just stepping back and realizing, oh, if I scroll and get rid of, I don't need 99% of the things that are open on my phone. Um, I think that that's one that that really stuck out to me when we're, we started looking into this digital clutter. Something I didn't think would maybe um, qualify as digital clutter, but it absolutely is. It takes over your device. It slows it down. It, it, it's one of those, it, it's simple. You know, it's simple to get rid of, I think. I, I can't tell you how many, I mean, S Steve, our IT folks will actually appreciate me saying this, I think. So maybe we should have them listen. <laughs> um, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've gone up to get assistance with something not related. And I hear from them, hey, you have too many tabs open on your browser. You need to close out of those. And I inevitably do, but I fall into the same trap, Tim, of like, oh, I need to go back to that. Uh, you know, I'll I'll come yeah. back and read that um, a little bit later. And I, I don't get to it. And so it's just like a placeholder. And I'll review all of those tabs and be like, hey. Oh, so you are. So, okay, that was my next question. I was going to say, before you delete them, before you close them out, do you revisit them? Or, yes. you, or is, are there times where it's like, I don't need that. I haven't looked at it. Both. Okay. Both. Okay. I, I I fall into the trap of both. But yeah. yeah. I think I try to. You know, depending on the number, maybe if it's under 60, I'll look at them. But okay. if it's above that, I'm just like, I don't need any of this. Okay. So but, why why do you guys think we fall into this digital clutter habit? I mean, I, I'm always even thinking for our listeners, like, what is the relationship to what we do at QLI and what we do sure. at Continue? And and I, I have a, a hunch, but um, why do you think we just fall into it? Here, here well, I have a couple thoughts, right? One, I think about my grandparents' generation, right? They're like Great Depression era kids. And, you know, their house, they kept everything in their houses, right? But it was all around like, I don't know when I may need that. And I won't, I'm, I won't have access to it when yep. I do need it. So I'm going to keep it. And I think we get that same mindset digitally where it's like, well, I don't know when I might need that, mm -hmm. but I like it and I'm going to keep it there. You like the and e instead of like creating a, a bookmark or... Yeah. Or like sending the link to yourself an email, you just keep it open. Instead of using the built-in systems that are there to make it yes. easy for you to access again in the future, yes. you just keep everything open. I know. And it's also, I think the ease of access is detrimental, right? Because you have so much access to all of these things all at one time, right? One page leads to a next page, leads to the next page. And instead of going back and be like, okay, well, I already got to the spot I needed to get to. I just sometimes keep all those pathways open. Yeah. Like, oh, well, I want to be able to retrace the steps of how I got here. I don't need that. I already found the product and the, the thing I was searching for. Yeah. But I keep all those pathways open for no reason. Yeah. And Steve, I'm curious to hear your thoughts here too. But my other thought was I I, I wonder if like it's, um, you know, 
maybe I, I guess sometimes I personally think, Hey, I might be more productive. I might be able to, if I can access it quicker. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing that comes to my mind is this whole idea around, are you spending the time planning up front so that, you know, that might take a little bit of time and effort uh, so that once you're in the middle of whatever you're doing, there's a good structure and there's, you know, something in place versus just jumping in. Um, it's escaping me uh, exactly um, who and the, the exact um, example, but there's this example around, you know, you have two groups of people who are doing a project, right? And one group spends a little bit of time planning up front and that takes, you know, a good amount of time, but they're very productive because they have such a good plan. And then you have another group who doesn't plan at all and they just get to work, but it ends up taking them twice as long because they don't have a good plan. Right. And you could, there's probably arguments for, you know, too much planning uh, versus not enough planning. And, you know, we've done the the spaghetti um, marshmallow uh, uh, challenge too. And, you know, that that's the group that spends way too much planning and they don't learn enough very quickly. Right. So there's probably arguments on both sides, but, when I think of digital clutter, I'm like, well, if you have a good file structure in place, most likely you're going to use that file structure a little bit more. Um, I think it'd be, it'd be nice to even hear, Tim, I think you even taught me some things around email and your inbox and how to filter things and send things directly to other folders so that's a bit more organized and it's more automated. Yeah. Um, so that's another example of like, I haven't taken the time to do that. So as a result, I get a bunch of junk emails that come straight to my inbox with all everything else that comes to my inbox. And so I'm not very organized there. Yeah. And I end up using my email inbox as a follow-up strategy, which works for me, but I'm sure there's lots of other ways to do it. Right. So my point is, is um, spending some time planning up front so that you have some structure in place um, seems to be something that, that we either don't do enough or we get uh, less discipline around. Yeah, and I would even say, you know, I, I think to, to even move on to po- possibly away from the the tabs and those types of things, it, it, the email is a, is a prime example, right? And I think when you when you step back from an organizational perspective, when it comes to productivity, email is what ninety five percent of the world uses to communicate. And so, how and why is it that we tend to let that digital clutter build up, right? Um, you know, you mentioned things like. Uh, like, like rules, I think is kind of what I was talking to you about um, is how do you how do you implement rules in your your your, your inbox so that things go to certain places, right? Um, but even that, I mean, I, I have those rules in place and there's times where I still at times will feel overwhelmed because I, I see a certain inbox has, you know, eight unread messages and maybe they all came in the same morning. But, you know, I think that's one thing that the productivity side of it can it's less stressful, right? You mentioned having a, a system in place that works and why do we need those systems in place, right? It is, you know, we were reading some things earlier. It's like reduces stress. It leads to more productivity. It also just, it's, it's habit forming, right? And so um, I, I, I oftentimes find myself, I'll like try to revisit a system I have in place. Like, oh, I need to change that when it's been working, right? And so, but I do think that it can be detrimental to not also revisit some of those things at times and make some changes um, because oftentimes there's things that you're not aware of, you know, in your example of, Oh, I didn't even know that was an option to do right. To set that up mm-hmm. or, or you're not, I need to go talk to it to do that. Right. I love our it department, but they're going to tell you, Steve, just set a rule up. It's not that hard. Right. And so sometimes mm-hmm. I think that you can also not implement things because you think it's too 
cumbersome to do so. Mm -hmm. Really, it's not. It's super easy. And it's built in. It's a system that's built in, put in place for you to make your life a lot easier and have less digital clutter. So quick, quick question. How many unread emails oh. do you have either like on your phone? We mentioned the little, the little bubble on your phone. <clears throat> how many do you have and how many are you comfortable with? So caveat to this, I was telling Brad, I have changed this recently, but for a long time I was overwhelmed because I had a personal email address, a personal inbox that I never check linked to my phone as well. And I had the notifications set up. So there'd be days where I'd have like, I'm not, this was, it would have like 10,000 unread oh in the, in the red box. Right. And uh. every day I'm like, what is going on? I've changed that years ago, but it was one of those things where it would lead to that stress and that like uneasy feeling. And finally I'm like, just, you don't check it anyways, just get rid of the, the notifications, right? Turn the notifications off. So now I only have my work one with notifications. I'm comfortable with like 60. I have like 250, I think is what it is. Um, but a lot of those stem from those, those like other inboxes, right? Like unread in, inboxes. So which are either junk or spam or things like that. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with like 60 unread emails. <laughs> oh man. As long as I, so, know, as long as I know that I look at them and there's times where I'll go through and be like, Oh, that's instead of just deleting them. Sure. I'll leave them unread. Um, but if it's ever anything like pertinent, I never leave it unread. So, so, so you unlinked that email account oh, that you it. never check anyway yeah, from your phone in college. Yeah. But you, but you still have the email account. Oh yeah. It's like a Gmail account that I set up in 2005. Um, so it just gets spam. I mean, I don't, I don't use that email address for anything anymore. It just builds up. Why don't you just get rid of it? I know I probably should. Why did you email me the other day on your AOL account then? Well, I didn't use my Hotmail one. <laughs> on AOL. no. you, you may have just got spam. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I'm curious. So, so you guys, what, what, how many unread do you have? Steve, I like that question. And what are you comfortable with? What, what's like your, your threshold for um, feeling uneasy when you're unread, little red, red uh, bubble on your phone? Uh, I mean, I, I would say it's probably 30 or less. Sure. I, but I have a lot of emails that sit in my inbox that are already read Yes. just for, to reaccess, which goes back to like, I just never know when I'm going to want to do that. And I use it as a little bit of my Rolodex. They're typically uh, that you leave unread, right? <laughs> yeah. It depends on who it's from. <laughs> um, I mean, I would love, I, I try to get it down under 30 uh, on a daily basis. I, I think there's a lot of spam that trips me up and I need to figure out how to Although we were listening to looking at that article ahead of time, that thing that you can do the unsubscribe quickly. I want to dig into that too. Cause if I could do that, then that would make my life a lot easier. So 30 or less, if I can get it down to everything read in a day, that makes me feel pretty happy, but definitely not an empty inbox. My wife, she empties her inbox. It's unbelievable. My wife is the same way. Empties Every it? Day. Like Every, empties yep. it. Like not even just like uh red, but red and deleted. Yep. My wife's the same way. Pretty life. impressive. That is really impressive. When we, when like initially COVID first hit and we were working from home, um, I, it was incredible to watch her email etiquette. Like it is, it, I, it blew me away how clean her inbox is in today. There's no unread emails. Um, she sets up, you know, tasks and things to follow up on, but they're all unread. They're, they're empty. They're gone. They're, they're positioned in a spot. I'm like, man, 
I can learn a few things those, in my life. I mean, those are really like, those are habits I would love to implement in my life because I, I feel like I'm, it's like the, I have more of this like binge mindset toward it where it just kind of builds up, builds up, builds up. And I'm like, oh, I got to do something about this. Right. And sure. then I, then I go in and like clean it out and start over, but then my habits don't change. And so the same thing habits, happens yeah. like six months later. Right. Yep. And I have to go back and do it again. I, I mean, like I, I turn off the little bubbles on my phone. So I actually don't know what it says. Cause I don't want to be irritated by it, yep. I suppose. Um, but I have like my personal email probably has like 15. I'm probably comfortable around that 30 number too. Um, I, I fall into a bad habit at, at work with like, Ooh, I want to refer back to that. So I'm going to, I'm going to leave it unread. And I know that's not a great strategy. I do the same thing. Um, but that like bumps up a lot of my yep. unready and, and even stuff that I've like, I've addressed, but then I mark it unread because I think I might need to come back to it. And it. Like that's not helpful when you have 93 unread messages, right? Like, yeah. um, so it makes me think, you know, follow up to this conversation might be getting someone from that's really good at some of those habits and saying, Hey, what are the top 10 things we need to do to actually like declutter uh, our digital lifestyles? Right. Because yeah. I even think about, you know, I'm, I'm trying to just help my, my old, you know, my 10 year old start to understand, Hey, what does a digital footprint look like? Cause we all have a digital footprint that we're leaving. What, what does that look like when you, when you start clicking around or you're, you're reading things like all that information is getting stored somewhere. Yeah. So, um, just being responsible in those ways. And even that has been, you know, making me think more about some of my own personal habits and how I manage this. I, I wonder too, back to the question of, um, that you asked earlier, Steve, uh, like, why do we do this? Um, I wonder, like, we all kind of grew up in the wild west of the internet, I think. Like, there, you didn't know much. Like, you just kind of got on and you surfed the web. Right? <laughs> and so, like, there wasn't a lot of habit formation or habit building yeah. information when I was being shaped in how I, you know, managed myself on the internet, too. You know, one of the things that I was thinking about, too, we've recently switched to SharePoint, and I have found it a little bit more challenging to it's it's easy to save my files on SharePoint, but if I need to share those files to someone outside the organization, I found that to be a little bit more challenging. You either send a link or you have to, or if you want to send the actual file for whatever reason. So that has led to me having to figure out a new routine around uh, how do I share files and what do I do with my files and where do I sh where do I save them to? That then I end up leaving them on my desktop, right? So I think that there's this adjustment to new technology and to a new process that um, then takes some time. We talk a lot about when, when change happens, there's this transition period. I think I'm in the middle of, of some of that because you get these new tools and they solve a, a few problems over here, but um, then you have to change some of your own habits or you have other people with different habits um, that you have to like uh, adapt to even finding some of the files, Brad, I, I think I've done this to you a handful of times of like, Hey, I know you sent me that file. Where'd you send it? Did you send it in teams? Did you send it via email? Um, and sometimes even though it's all in one spot and, and in theory is really easy to find, I find myself uh, struggling with that sometimes, um, because of how I get it. And, and there's so many channels to get it from. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, this digital clutter idea of you have email, you have these intra, intra company chats, 
Yes. You got text messaging, you got phone calls, you got all sorts of ways that make us really efficient. But if you're not organized with it and you don't have a good routine with it, then you might struggle and be actually a little less organized uh, until you, you start to develop that. So, well, yeah, I mean, there's so many different ecosystems, right? And that's mm-hmm. part of the issue is, is even training people, right? I mean, because something that works for me, if you're talking to someone that's maybe outside of QLI and you're saying like, oh, yeah, you know, they're telling you how they manage their digital clutter. You may not have access to the same tools that they do. Um, and then there's also that sense of like, oh, I want that, right? But it doesn't actually, I think you brought up a good point. Does it actually make you more productive or does it lead to more headache? It can um, if you're not maybe trained appropriately or if it's something you're trying to do on your own um, or if just, you know, sometimes more tools doesn't doesn't make the job easier, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so. That's yeah. interesting. It, I'd never thought about that, about the different ecosystems that people have to use. Yeah, so. no, it's fascinating mm-hmm. too. And I, I think, I mean, guys, we can keep kind of beating this to death because um, obviously we have no idea what we're doing and and we have, <laughs> we have, we have some changes that we personally need we to do. make too. But I, I, I would, I would love to continue the conversation again uh, with someone that knows what they're doing and yep. kind of get their top 10, like, Hey, what are things that we could do that we could actually start kind of changing some of our habits and, and um, you know, hopefully kind of, reduce the amount of digital clutter that we have well i wonder uh maybe instead of different conversation which we could totally do i wonder if maybe in the show notes we add a few examples of those uh almost we, we always do the show notes after brad so maybe we can add a, a few of those in there we talked about some of those email rules we talked about you know some organizational tips so yep. just for our listeners we'll try to put maybe a handful in the in the show notes uh that we found helpful and and uh depending on how many we find we can either have another conversation or, or maybe the show notes would be great, but I, I agree. I think it's always important that we leave our listeners with, with some useful tips and tricks. Uh, For sure. Guys, any final thoughts? I don't think it's maybe a challenge to our audience. Go through and, and uh, declutter a little bit. Yeah. I mean, this, this is, this is coming out right around the new year. It'd be a really great. Um, the one that we didn't touch on, which I want to add is just the photos on your phone, right? I think that's digit, so much digital uh, clutter, right? How many photos do you have in your phone that you never look at? Go through, delete them. For sure. Well, I'm worried about losing those. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's right. Uh, well, hopefully, listeners, all of you are feeling just as bad about yourselves as we are right now. Um, and, and I want to make a few changes. But uh, no, thanks for listening. And uh, we hope you join us again on the next conversation. Thanks for joining the conversation with us today. If you found it helpful, please share with your family and friends. You can learn more about us on our website at continuetelerehab.com or check us out on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook.